You're listening to Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. In the blue corner, we've got Mr. Carl supporting Tottenham. In the red corner, we've got Mr. Kenner's supporting Arsenal. Together, they will be discussing all of your football views, all of your football news. So join us here on Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. Yes, indeed. Welcome to Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. Football from monocles to man buns. I'm Chris Carl. Uh, I'm a Tottenham fan and my fellow podcaster is Steve Kenton, an Arsenal fan. Yes, you heard that correctly. An Arsenal fan and a Tottenham fan sitting down in a very civilised and calm manner to discuss football because we both love football no matter what team we support and we love the history of the games. Um, The beautiful game... Uh, which doesn't describe us, does it, Steve? Not really. No, with faces like two burst footballs, we're proving that the ugly side of football really does still exist. Indeed. Um, that's why, you know, we've got no visuals with this, but we might treat you in the future uh, to a video version of this show. Yeah, we're going to call it Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> yeah. um, so just behave yourselves. Uh, and we'll <laughs> <laughs> just behave yourselves and enjoy the show. Um, Steve, you know, last uh, last uh, time out, um, we were talking about a combined Everton and Liverpool eleven. Yes. Uh, let's continue with that. Um, we're waiting for comments, and we are going to, you know, in, in in future shows, talk about some of the. We're going to have a show which talks about your comments and the feedback we've had. But until we've consulted our lawyers and got the injunctions in place uh, and you know the, the the restraining orders, we're not allowed to. Um, but but however. The combined 11, how's it looking so far? Or 16? Well, um, death threats aside, um, <laughs> okay. Liverpool Everton 11 plus five substitutes from 1975 onwards. We can't go beyond that because we're too young, basically. Yes. Um, so I can't remember seeing, oh, I don't know, um, whoever playing for Everton yeah. or Liverpool. I, I, I don't remember Dixie Dean. No. Um, much. No. <laughs> <coughs> so, starting off in goal. We got Neville Southall, widely regarded as one of the best goalkeepers in the world. We've opted for him. We could have gone with Grobola. We could have gone with Clements. But old spindly legs, well, he's slightly tainted by the match-fixing malarkey. Clements, um, I've got to say, played in an absolutely w- in f- behind a world-class back four. So, um, whereas Southall really didn't. So, we've gone with Southall. So cause that, because he had a harder job than the others, is that what you're saying? Well, I think so, yeah. yeah. And that's not to decry what any any of Everton's achievements. You know, we're talking title winners here as well. Um, but I think that Southall overall, was a, he was one of the world's best keepers. Fair enough, um, absolutely. And don't forget to follow Neville Southall on Twitter. He is amazing. Yes. Just a little hot tip for you there. Mm. Uh, Twitter favourite. Yes, Steve, carry on. Right. At right back, Phil Neal. Penalty taker extraordinaire, as we said last week. Brilliant down that right-hand side. Superb player. Um, God, what was it? Four and a half hundred caps for... Uh, four and a half hundred... Four <laughs> and a half hundred caps? Good Lord. Appearances <laughs> for Liverpool. Yeah. Um, That's think an incredible I, amount even in today's, th- you know. Well, I think for a, for a very long time, he also held the record for the longest unbroken run before suffering an injury. That's I think incredible. it was something like 300-odd games. That's uh, amazing. I think that was overtaken by Frank Lampard Jr. Wow. Who's now at Frank Lampard's Derby County. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so left back, Leighton Baines. Mean striker of the ball. Excellent down that left-hand side. Slightly on the decline now, but in his pomp, 
I mean, quite, con- quite contemporary, actually, you yeah. know, for our times. Yeah, yeah in, indeed, indeed. I mean, I, I was looking at Joey Jones, but the, the problem, I think, with Joey Jones, um, very injury-prone, really, really good fullback, but dreadfully injury-prone. So, yeah. I mean, just as, just a, as a side point, mm. um, we you know we will again. We've talked about England teams, um, and you know, are they are the players world class? When I hear the England team sheet and I hear Jordan Henderson or Leighton Baines or what, I think, well, really, are these are these top class internationals? When you you hear the opposing mm. team, Ronaldo, Messi, what? Um, Leighton Baines is he an international? Is he good enough? Was yeah, he good he enough? He was definitely a, he was definitely certainly good enough at international level. He was he wasn't world class, you know. He's probably what you'd term that was, yeah as, that's as European point. class. That's that's the difference. Good enough for England, but not world class. No, no. But then very few players have been world class in the last two decades. True enough. True enough. You know, I, I, I could probably name you about six if I'm yeah. lucky. Sadly. Uh, Sadly, let's move on then with yeah. this team. Uh, well, okay. Are we? Slaven Bilic at centre-half. Solid, efficient, nasty, and mm. an Iron Maiden fan. So <laughs> that just gets it for me. Um, All right, yeah. Alongside him. Now, there's a really, really top selection of centre-halves. I've gone for a Liverpool centre-half. Um, we could have had Carragher, who's brilliant. Could I think I think any Liverpool fan uh, who's listening to this, and uh, we love you all, uh, if you leave out Carragher and Gerrard from a combined Everton and Liverpool 11 or 16, um, we're going to have to be very careful giving out your address. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but if I leave out Carragher, I think I, I would like to think, I hope that Liverpool fans would appreciate who I would put uh-huh. next to Slaven Bilic and who I would also put on the subs bench as well. Which All right, I'll come to okay. Um, I, I liked Carragher as a defender, I thought he was a great defender. Um, Phil Thompson was another one. I loved watching Phil Thompson. He was a superb defender. Um, you know, you could have actually had Tommy Smith there, to be fair. Yeah, they, see, these um, are great players from, yeah, from you know, our youth and before as well, of yeah, course. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem with this this type of thing, doing this, you're going to leave out, world. potentially you could end up leaving out a world-class player. I think especially if we're, we're taking this from 1975 to present day, and by the way, you know, present day Liverpool... Hmm. Very, very good team. We know they could, um, as we're recording, they still can potentially win the league. They can still potentially win the Champions League. Great team, possibly their best for a long time. There are players, candidates there. But then you go back to the 80s and 90s before Manchester United became Hmm. the dominant team. So many candidates. It's going to end up as a combined 22 or 48. Uh, So you've got to be very cruel. And we understand that, don't we, Liverpool fans? We've, we've, we've got to be. We had to do it with, with our first one, Arsenal and Spurs. They were great players on both sides. Yeah, we had to include. There. Yeah, we had to include some Arsenal players. Just to be fair, <laughs> you know, spoken like a true spud. Yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> sad, isn't it? It really is. So, centre half alongside Slaven Bilic, Emlyn Hughes. Yeah, of course. Now I've gone for the late great Emlyn Hughes. Um, he was. I, I can't ever remember Hughes playing having a bad game. Uh, for Liverpool, nor Wolves. You know, yeah. he's, he won literally everything as a as a player. Um, so sadly missed, of course. Yeah, I'm taking yeah, too a young. Wonderful sense of humour as well. I loved. I, yeah. Do you remember on uh, Emily Hughes on a question of sport? 
Yes, I mean, it was, it was uh, a very competent and very confident person as yeah. well, despite that, you know, interesting voice that he yeah, had. Do you remember you know? what he did to Princess Anne? No, God, <laughs> actually, tell, tell uh, those yeah, some people now, might not remember this. Because I was quite young at the time. Well, I say quite young, moderately young at the time. Yeah. But um, he, he interrupted her, and I do believe she told him to naff off. <laughs> naff off. Yeah, so I'm sure that's <laughs> correct. Um, we will research that for the next show. Or we could just leave it like that. Or we could just know, leave it like just that. Like that. Just, just let, let myth it be become legend. Yeah, let it be here saying. Yeah, let it be here say, Then you know, apocryphal, and then finally fake news, and then finally fact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. never but let the facts get in the way of a good story. Absolutely. Naff off, Emlyn. Naff off. Lovely, yes. beautiful. So, so Emlyn Hughes definitely Emlyn in, Hughes. in, in so the starting eleven. Yeah. So a back four, a back four including keeper. Southall, Neil, Baines, Hughes, Billich. All right. Moving into the midfield. Now, this is where it got extremely difficult and then got even more difficult after that. <laughs> um, so, I've gone for Kanchelskis. Oh, now there's a choice that's going to ruffle a few feathers. Yeah. Interesting. I, th I thought he was absolutely wonderful at Everton. I mean, to be honest, he's been wonderful wherever he's been. Superb player. So, I've gone for Kanchelskis in midfield, alongside Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, you can't. You, you, you know, well, you can't. You can't. If you it. leave him out, you're slipping up, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> and now, <coughs> Kevin Keegan sitting just in front of a midfield three. Right. Oh, interesting role for him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there, there is a reason behind this, but I've gone with Keegan. So you could play him as a forward. Could play him as an advanced midfielder. Doesn't really matter. He's okay. there. Uh, out on the left, Dave Thomas. Oh, now, now this is getting a little bit, uh, not controversial, but a little bit interesting. Go on. Dave Thomas. Uh, do you know, uh, Dave Thomas was one of the finest wingers you will ever see. He could actually play on either side as well. Right. Um, played for Everton, played for QPR. Got, I think it's, I think he got eight, inter eight England international caps. Sadly, now he's... Um, He's he's losing his sight, unfortunately. Um, but I, I've got to say, as a player, he was absolutely incredible. In fact, I think I'm correct in saying he supplied several of the crosses for England uh, when they played Cyprus, where Malcolm McDonald scored five goals. Wow. Uh, you're nothing but, I mean, your your memory and your brain is incredible. And uh, I can't wait. You know, I'd love the opportunity to open it up and have a look at what's going on inside. You're one of the few that want to do that in a positive <laughs> way. <laughs> like a live podcast, brain, a brain scan of uh, Steve. Because the way you, you retain facts and statistics is incredible. It's probably, I mean, you're going to say this is a little bit blasé, but you are, you know, one of your professions is a taxi driver. Mm. And to retain what they call a knowledge. Yeah. Um, which is what us civilians call it, and I, I suppose you guys do as well. <laughs> to retain that, you have to have a certain type of brain, but the fact that you love football so much and you remember these kind of things is absolutely fascinating. Right, moving on then yeah. with that, yeah. Thank you for that. Um, oh, you're welcome. Okay. What's your name again? You see, he don't remember his own name. I can't Go even on remember the own language I speak. <laughs> um, right, up front. Now, this is where it got horrifically difficult. Right, yeah, there's there a was, lot there of contenders. There are great players that... that have are not there. Um, so I'll start off with the players that aren't there. Bob Latchford. Right, not in. Right. Not there. Great player. Brilliant striker. Duncan Disorderly. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Duncan <gasps> Ferguson. Duncan Ferguson. I mean, what potential that lad had as well. I mean, what dribbling oh, skills were yeah. phenomenal. It reminds me of the Super Furry Animals song. The yeah, the man unfortunately. Don't give a what's it. 
He does know. Uh, no. In fact, strangely, there have been a two Duncan Fergusons who've both been uh, very adept at dribbling. But we'll get on to that in, in another show. The two players are very much in the same mould. But yeah, okay. this particular one, um, not making the mark. No. Not making that, yeah. And I've left out of the starting 11, Wayne Rooney. Ooh. As I say, this, this is a bit controversial, but it has well, to it be. Well, it is and it isn't because... Um, were Wayne Rooney's best days at Everton or Manchester United? Not when he mm. went back to Everton. By the mm. way, uh, before we move on, and you yeah. know, going off at a tangent as we do, um, you know, when Wayne Rooney left Man United, and before, of course, he went to America to close off his career, a very illustrious career as well. Yeah. Um, he went back to Everton, his boyhood club, uh, more for I don't know for sentimentality than money, mm. and also maybe there was very few places that would take him. Uh, but, you know, he was one of their top scorers that season. He scored 10 goals in the first 15 appearances, something like that. He was actually within the confines of where Everton were about two seasons ago, three seasons ago, where Everton were at that stage and how they were playing. He was phenomenal for them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, going back at that age, at 33 or whatever it was at the time, after his long career at Manchester United, he was very... But you're not including that that time, are you, really? No, not not really that time. I mean, look, 33 should not necessarily be the end of a striker's career anyway. I, I fail to see why it's considered to be the end of a striker's well, career. Well, a lot of people believe, don't they, and that one of those guys is our very um, our roving reporter, Jeff Saunders, yeah. who, who, who joined us on the last couple of shows, uh, that, you know, strikers burn out earlier because, you know, the running they do and so on and, and the, the pressure burn out a lot earlier. I mean, we know what happened to Michael Owen, for example, mm. who's another person that could be in this team, of uh, Well, yeah, he's another one I've left out as well. Yeah, I can understand <laughs> yeah. that, I have to say. I, I, you know... I've left out John Aldridge for crying out loud. Who leaves out John Aldridge? Absolutely. I mean, this is a ludicrous thing to do. But this is going to, as I said at the top of this item, that because of the phenomenal success of Ma uh, of Liverpool at some stage, mm. uh, you know, a while ago, but after the 75 watershed that we've got, if you like, or the beginning that we've got, 70s and 80s, Ma uh, Liverpool were phenomenal and provided a lot of international players as well. And now again, you know, second in the league, first in the league throughout mm. the season. Um, Liverpool, there's, a, there's, and Everton have had some great teams. Yeah. You know, as you say, Rooney, for example, Kanchelski. Uh, you know, all these players have con contributed to what became the phenomena that is the Premier League now. It mm. was because of their fame, because of their um, infamy, and because of how how brilliant and and, and prodigious they were that the Premier League was able to, to form into the, the, the giant that it is now mm. um, so it's very difficult to, to put people and leave them out well exactly I mean a, a, another one was Craig Johnston I loved Craig Johnston as a player I thought he was incredible highly intelligent man as well we know about the mini fridge and the predator boot yeah yep. um yeah, so that we did yeah. it on a previous show didn't we yeah, that he we did, yeah. I don't believe he invented the mini fridge I, I think, think that had been did. around a long time I shall double check this for well, you. Well, you know, that mm. if that is true, I mean, he invented the Predator boot, enough said. Mm. Um, but yeah, moving on, right. So right. you've left a few so players out. <coughs> up front, one, Kenny Dalgleish. Yeah. Can't, I mean, you, you know, can't no, argue no brainer. No and brainer. The greatest Welsh striker of all time, Ian Rush. Ian Rush, yeah. yeah. It's got to be there. It's, you know, I, I, like I said, there, there was about 10 different players I could have put in there but Dalgleish Rush they, they played together you yeah, know you've got 40 years we're, we're looking at 40 years of Liverpool and Everton history here yeah. now a lot of people are going to say of course that uh, Liverpool provided more famous 
uh, more successful players than Everton. Mm. But Everton have been a very consistent and solid club over yeah. that the, period. The, the, we, we were looking, weren't we, earlier um, between us at, and we will get, get into this, clubs that have been uh, in the Premier League and Division 1, as it mm. were, were longer than, uh, longer than any other team. And Everton are one of the performers every year, aren't they? They're always oh, in the same indeed, league. So indeed. they've had some great players. Yeah. But yeah, yeah they'll I bleach mean, up front. If you look at Liverpool, uh, uh, sorry, Everton's um, strength, they've, they've Okay, they've had a few um, a few good strikers, but their strengths have always really laid in midfield. You know, if you look at Everton's midfield midfielders, they're, they're, they've had some great midfielders and some pretty damn fine defenders as mm -hmm. well. You know, they're, they're, it's, it's up front. They've never... They're, they're, they've been in the shadow of Liverpool. The Everton strikers generally have been in the shadow of Liverpool strikers. And I think most Everton fans will probably admit that you know they've had the, the odd one or two like Wayne Rooney and Bob Latchford for instance who who are international stroke world class yeah but they're few and f they're few on the ground that's just made me uh look back to uh you know the previous episodes uh on the last episode we were talking about uh, you know combined England 11 combined yeah. You know, Wayne Rooney, we talked about David Beckham, didn't mm. we? But Wayne Rooney, of course, all-time top scorer yeah. for England. Great servant for both Man United and for Everton, who we're talking about today. Mm. You can't leave him out of it either. Can you leave him out of either squad? Combined England and mm. combined Liverpool-Everton. Well, or was it were his best days at Man United? He's, I mean, I've got him as a substitute. I must be Fair honest. Fair enough. He'll be disappointed, but I'll let him down gently. Uh, he'll come on. He'll come on for probably for Kevin Keegan. Yeah. Just behind the front two. <laughs> what a great team! I mean, what a great team! Oh, it is, isn't it? I mean, the, 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 the subs bench is, pre is pretty tasty as well. I mean, right. I've got Clements in goal. Has wow. to be. It was either Clements. I mean, or if, you, if you're going to have a substitute goalkeeper, yeah, that's a great option yeah. to have coming coming uh, on. And his best days were at Liverpool, not at Spurs. I mean, he was a great keeper for Spurs. But yes, he was. He but I think you know, with many many players. Um, that played for Liverpool and then moved on. Mm. Fernando Torres, I'm looking at you, son. Uh, <laughs> people who played for Liverpool and then moved on, mm. his best days were at Liverpool. Yeah. So, my next name on the subs bench, and I think Liverpool fans might appreciate this one, actually, Steve McMahon. Now then, that, yeah, Steve McMahon, and it, of course, went to Real Madrid. You know, one of the early players, I suppose. You know, Gareth Bale went there, all that, from an English team. Ronaldo went there from an English team. Uh, but McManaman, no, not McManaman. Oh, not McManaman. No, not ah, I've got the wrong no, no, fella. No, 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 no. That's why you looked at me when I said went to Real Madrid. Yeah, I thought, oh, Steve McMahon did well. No star, no. <laughs> no. Steve McMahon, not McManaman. No, McMahon. Oh, okay. do, you, do you remember the, um, Liverpool versus <laughs> Arsenal? That game, McMahon standing there raising one one finger up, indicating one minute, and then Michael Thomas goes on to score. There you go. Dad. But McMahon, brilliant defender. Right, okay, um, so not McManaman, McMahon, no, different, McManaman. different players, as different much person. As I liked McManaman. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't make it to the, any of these teams, right? That what you're saying? Mm. Mm. Right, <laughs> next up, Peter Reid. My goodness, yeah. You want somebody to fight your corner yeah. when you've got 20 minutes to go and, uh, you know, you're losing one nil or something, you bring him on to bully the... I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, I, I've seen battleships turn quicker than Peter Reid, but, <laughs> but his anticipation <laughs> was brilliant. Brilliant. And his yeah. tackling was excellent. Yeah, Gareth Barry. You know, you see, there's a name. Yeah, but another one that you think, well, is he of an international class? Is he world class? Mm. But he is 
a contributor. He, yeah. He's a, a he's a team player. You miss him when he's not there. Right. So I've got him on the bench alongside Rooney. All so right. Eight from okay. each side. Very fair. Um, obviously, you guys listening, poking needles into effigies of myself. Um, <laughs> you need a lot of straw disagree. for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but tweet, text, email, carrier pigeon. Hate mail. Hate mail. <laughs> send in your 16. Send in any name you like. No one team is going to be the same. No, no. one opinion is going to be the same. Exactly. That's why we love football. Uh, we've spoken on previous um, podcasts, and we will in the future, about VAR. It's yeah. still a person's opinion. You go to match of the day, they can't agree if it's a penalty. Mm. We can't agree on who's the best Arsenal or Tottenham player. Nobody's going to agree or disagree with your Everton-Liverpool um, combined eleven, But I think you've made a very, very good case for all those players. And that's what... It's important with that is that you make a good case for it and you explain the reason why and you yeah. have and you might have just got yourself you know out of problem out of trouble there with I Liverpool. do hope so but no it's a very interesting <laughs> uh, combined eleven or sixteen and uh, people will as I say have different opinions about it uh, so please as, as Steve uh, Kenton says post it on our Facebook page tweet it to us uh, put it in the comment section below uh, all this hmm. you know wherever you're finding this podcast. Uh, I've got to say a big thank you uh, to Stuart Hill Wines. Stuart Hill Exclusive Wines, uh, who are a sponsor of this show. What they do is uh, they have a forum. It's like a club for wine distributors to join, uh, which you can do on their website, stuarthilluk.com. Uh, Stuart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T-H-I-L-L-U-K.com, stuarthill.com. Uh, it's wine forums where people can uh, get access to exclusive wines, teas, cheeses, uh, cognacs, whiskies and cigars. Uh, it's, it's a brilliant club to be a member of if you're a distributor. Uh, they also sponsor uh, theatrical, uh, live, uh, theatrical events, live music events, and a lot of other cultural stuff, as well as uh, showing an interest in football. Uh, so thank you to stuarthilluk.com uh, for your support. Stuart Hill Exclusive Wines. Also a big thank you to Taxi Point, uh, which, of course, is a trade paper for the taxi industry uh, with uh, impartial news. Uh, so you, you, can, you can get what's really happening in the taxi industry. It's all the W's dot taxi dash point dot co dot UK. And a very big thank you to our friends here in the El Zocco Centre uh, mm. for providing sustenance and uh, just, just being here and allowing us to record this podcast. Mm. Uh, so a big thank you to our bar. You're listening to Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. In the blue corner, we've got Mr. Carl supporting Tottenham. In the red corner, we've got Mr. Kenner's supporting Arsenal. Together, they will be discussing all of your football views, all of your football news. So join us here on Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar.
Indeed, a big thank you to our bar, Neil Zocco Centre Calander, for all you do for us. Uh, thank you to Taxi Point and a big, big, massive thank you to Stuart Hill, uh, the wine distributors who organise those wonderful forums. You can join on their website, stuarthilluk.com. Um, also, Steve, you want to say a little hello to uh, some friend of yours uh, who, who provide very, uh, very big quality service, don't they? Oh, yeah, on the yeah, Costa yeah. del Sol. Absolutely, yep. Um, Michelle and Tony at Ace of Shades providing persianas and awnings all along the Costa del Sol. Um, huge supporters of the show, so thank you very much. Um, if you want more information about their services, just look online for Ace of Shades. Ace of Shades, brilliant, brilliant name. Now, uh, before that little sort of interlude we had there, um, we were talking about a combined, a very controversial combined Liverpool and Everton uh, 16, I suppose, uh, since 1975. It's a, we started off five episodes ago with Everton, uh, we're sorry, with uh, our teams, Arsenal and Tottenham. Uh, we've moved through England. Um, we've looked at Man City, Man United. We're looking at Everton, Liverpool. They're always going to be controversial. You can always uh, comment, criticise, bully us. Uh, tell us where we're wrong, tell us where we're right. Uh, but I think that one that you came up with there between Liverpool and Everton was inspired and interesting, Steve. But there's also some other interesting facts about Everton, uh, particularly about long... I mean, we were saying, you know, so many great players through those 40-odd years. Uh, but Everton also hold, not exactly a record, but, but, but something to be very proud of as far as longevity goes. Mm. Yeah, um... Obviously, we've spoken about Everton and Liverpool's longevity in the top flight. Uh, that Liverpool, the city of Liverpool, has hosted a top flight side for um, literally from start to finish every single season. So every single season of the Football League, let's say it's uh, Division One or the, what we have now, the Premier League, there's always been at one point at least one team of Everton and Liverpool, Indeed. one Liverpool team in. Because I would have thought, Stephen, we have mm. talked about it, there are so many London teams. Well, there's only one London team, Tottenham Hotspur, but there are others. There yeah. are others. Yeah, Arsenal. absolutely, yeah. I mean, we even, you know, you, even if you include well, Wimbledon, yeah. Fulham, Millwall, you, you, would, you would think they would, one of those would have always been in the top flight. Well, it, in, indeed. I mean, but then you've got to look at who the oldest club in London is, and it's actually Fulham. But um, they're the oldest club in London. They're the oldest club in London, but they wouldn't have spent the longest amount of time in the top flight. Right. So, um, because both Everton and Liverpool, uh, predate, um, I think they pre both predate Fulham. And everybody predates Chelsea by oh about 100 years. Well, uh, 14, 16 years history now, is it? Uh, we're going to get about letters. 19 years, isn't it? About yeah. About slightly less than Manchester City's history. Yeah, we're going to get letters. I'm sorry, City <laughs> fans. I'm sorry, Chelsea fans. Yeah. Um, you know it's just a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. Mm. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. So, Speaking of longevity, <coughs> multi-club players. Now, this gets really the, interesting. This is like this is like players who've played for multiple clubs. Yes. Like Robbie Keane, who was a great servant for Tottenham, and yep. then went to Liverpool, who was his boyhood club, and he yep. always wanted to play for them. Then went to Celtic, who was his boyhood club, and he always wanted to play for them. Yeah. Then went to some team in America, which was his boyhood club, and he always wanted to play for them. Yeah, despite the fact that they had been formed after he was born. Yeah, and after his boyhood and everything else, yeah. yeah. 
Um, but fact, he was know, 27 I mean, when he, they were formed. You know, you can do PR, Robbie, but we're not stupid. No. You know, you can't be a supporter of every single team. Exactly. Not really. But uh, you're talking about that kind of player that's yeah, played for yeah. many different played clubs. for multiple clubs, multiple right, let's transfers. Let's now, have a look at that. This gets really interesting, and there's various ways of looking at this. Now, the Guinness Book of World Records states a player by the name of Sebastian Abreu as being the most travelled footballer. It's 41 years. The 41-year-old striker joined a Chilean side called Aldax. Uh, Aldax Club Sportivo Italiano, to give it his full name, which was his 26th club. 26? 26 in a 23-year professional career. Um, he's played for sides in 11 different countries, ranging from Spain to Israel and on to Argentina and El Salvador. Now, wow. I could name all of these if you really wanted me to, but I think you'd be asleep after number 14. Oh, that's incredible, though. I mean, I mean, it's... <coughs> You've got to give you've got to give him credit for not only being adventurous and play. I mean, mm. it, is it because he was every time every team he went to they 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 moved him on, or because th there is such a thing, uh, mm. especially in the lower leagues uh, in England or in the UK, different leagues, yeah. uh, as uh, what you call a journeyman football. It's a bit like I'm an actor, as you know, Steve. It's mm. a bit like what you call a jobbing actor. Yeah, somebody that never ever gets the break doesn't become Michael Douglas or Johnny Depp or mm. or whoever else, but. Constantly is getting work in the lower leagues, and yeah. I mean by that the bill <laughs> <laughs> for an actor. If you've not been in the bill, you know, you know, or but EastEnders, yeah, or EastEnders, you know, but the, the bill is the benchmark. You've got to have been in the bill and Game of Thrones. It's kind of, but <laughs> everybody's but really, been in Game of Thrones, yeah, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, really, yeah, including yours truly. The but entire population of Iceland. You've been in Game of Thrones. Yeah, just outside here after a Saturday night. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> um, but seriously, there is such a thing as a jobbing actor. There's such a thing as a journeyman footballer, mm. you know, who's never going to make it at Manchester United or Liverpool or Arsenal or Tottenham, but who does a very, very good job at Huddersfield, at Wigan, at Exeter. And then they, but the, this fella has moved around the world doing that, yeah, including Israel, for goodness sake. Yeah, I, amazing. I, I wonder how many countries he was actually banned from. <laughs> well, how badly could he have played or behaved himself? Well, really? I don't know. I mean. Look, he's, he's played in, oh, where are we? Mexico, Spain, Argentina, Uruguay. In fact, he played for several clubs in Mexico. Um, played for played in Israel for Baitar Jerusalem. Um, he played in Greece for Aristos Thessaloniki. I think I got that right. Uh, played in Brazil. Not easy for you to say. Yeah. <laughs> damn sight damn sight harder to spell, I can tell you. Uh, Ecuador, Paraguay, El Salvador, uh, wow. Chile. Uh, I mean, know, one would hope. One would hope he's made a reasonable living well, out of that I at least. Yeah, he he's got seventy Uruguayan caps as well, so wow. he must be half decent. He's got to be. Yeah, he's got to be reasonably. I mean, if you got Uruguay, not. But don't forget, Uruguay won the first ever World Cup. They're not. Yeah, won, they're won it a couple of times, haven't they? They're not. They're not a non-footballing nation like Qatar or Saudi Arabia. They're a proper footballing nation, and for him to to get what did you say, seventy caps in their national team means he's a decent player. Mm. He's just either not had the breaks and had to keep moving on, or he's got a decent agent that, that says, contract's coming up. If you move yeah. on, you'll make X amount of thousands of dollars, pounds, percentos, whatever and it is. I think you've just hit the nail squarely on the head there. Mm. Now, <laughs> this brings us on to <coughs> Super Steve Claridge, who's played right. for 30 clubs. Now, admittedly, <laughs> he's gone back a couple of times to other clubs, Played for 30 clubs. John Budgie Burridge. 
Uh, John Budgie Burridge. Yeah. You know, this is the thing about footballers. They're not. They're not. They're not very creative with coming up with nicknames, are they? You know what I mean? I mean, we, we love Budgie. At least you're. You know, we're Carl and Kenton, and you're Kenners. That's yeah. clever. Um, Budgie Burrows, come on. Yeah, <laughs> but 29 clubs he played for. Good Lord. I mean, back and forth. And don't forget, he's he's won a couple of League Cups. Um, he, he's won a League, cl- League Cup, I think, with Aston Villa, actually. I mean, that's uh, Yeah, and he won one in Scottish, one for Hibernian. Um, Steve Claridge won a couple of trophies with Leicester. Um, We're talking about proper players. They've just yeah. journeymen players. Again, yeah. they, they've moved about a lot. The most talented journeyman player, and I think... Anybody who knows their football will agree with this. Frank Worthington. Yeah, Frank Worthington, 24 of course. clubs. And we're going back to the 70s and 80s, aren't yeah. we, with Frank Worthington? I mean, Frank Worthington. How many clubs did he play for? 24. Really? Yeah, back and forth like a yo-yo. He was all over the place. But played tw- 24, dif- 24 transfers. That is phenomenal. For a man of that talent. Yeah, that's surprising because the reason we're mentioning it, this, of course, is that you know you do get players who don't move clubs. You know, Paul Scholes. Ryan Giggs. Yeah. It's either because, and certainly not in those two players' cases, sometimes it's because they're not good enough to be taken by a better club. Uh, sometimes it's because they have great loyalty. Mm. Sometimes, in the case of Steven Gerrard, it's because, you, you know, possibly you're scared to move to another club in yeah. case the local mafia get you. Um, <laughs> but Allegedly. Allegedly. By the way, we have to add that. Yeah. Uh, our very expensive lawyers told us to. But You mean Sid down the bar? Yeah, that's it. That's the fellow, yeah. yeah. Same fellow who sold me that Rolex. Um, what what are you wearing right now? Yeah, that's the show. No, not wearing the one it. one stopped working. Yeah, don't just <laughs> now. Um, seriously, though, there are players that have been very loyal to their clubs. There mm. are cl- players that have gone back to clubs because yeah. they love them. Like with Rooney going back to Everton to almost finish off, at least finish off his England-based career there. Mm. But there are players that either are not good enough or because, as we said, their agents have said, yeah. you know what, this club don't want you for next season but you've still got a year's contract to play. Mm. Let's get them to sell you. You'll make a few grand. I'll make a few grand. And you'll get first-team football. Because it's important. Yeah. It's not all about the money, but it's about first-team football. Well, and that's why they move about. But Frank Worthington, such a, pardon yeah. the pun, but worthing play, worthy player, yeah. you know, to, to be moved about that often by his clubs, because the clubs move them about as well. well it's interesting why that happened. But he I, I, he was a he was a handful, was Frank Worthington. I mean, look, it's to do with, uh, also to do with the way they behave themselves at, yeah. at the clubs. I mean, look, look how often so-called, you know, young talent Mario Balotelli has been moved about in the last oh, few years. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I mean, you look at John Burridge, for instance. Now, a lot of the clubs he moved to, he never actually played for. <laughs> yeah, about fourteen, about fourteen of them, I think. Right. <laughs> he didn't actually. He was on their books, but he didn't play for them. Um, but I mean, I'm looking at, at Frank Worthington's list of clubs here: Huddersfield Town, Leicester, Bolton, Philadelphia Fury, Birmingham. Uh, you know, Mialby. Um, I'm disregarding the, the the US sides actually for now. Leeds United, Sunderland, Southampton, Brighton, Tranmere, Port- Preston, Stockport. Surely, um, <laughs> you know the last the last league club that he played for was uh, Halifax Town as a play. Well, he didn't actually play for them, ironically enough, but he didn't make an appearance. But you know, there's some some quality sides in there. Absolutely, I mean, we're talking about big 
big, big size and 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 reasonable size yeah. size. So, you know, where you as, as again as a jobbing footballer, as a, an average footballer or above average footballer, you'd be more than happy to play for. Mm. I mean, don't forget, by the way, folks, if you don't know this, you know, if you're playing for, let's say, Weymouth or Dorchester in Dorset. Uh, in a stadium of you know eleven hundred people, where they get three or four hundred every week, mm. uh, and you're in the Southern Doctor Martin League, they're still getting three to five six hundred pounds per week. Yep. These are electricians and uh, doctors or whatever the, you know their other mm. professions are. Uh, they're still getting you know five or six hundred a week, well, possibly thousands. Well, yeah, by the way, football is a lucrative business, no matter what yeah, club you're playing exactly for. Exactly right. Now, I I had a friend, and his son was playing for. You had a friend. I had a friend once. Um, I Bless. think he played for Hendon at the time, his wow. son. Okay. And he was like 19 years old and he was still earning £6,500 a week. This it's is a for non-league we're yeah. talking and here. And I'm going you know. back, what, 20 years at least. Yeah, so like I said, you know, if you're playing for, I don't know, Hackney Marshes or... I mean, the reason I mentioned Weymouth and Dorchester is I've actually, believe it or not, been to both those stadiums. And they are small stadiums, you know, you're talking about... Yeah, you but know, you were the caretaker. Th- yeah, well, no, <laughs> it was part of my community service, picking up <laughs> picking up the rubbish. But, however, <laughs> um, <laughs> long way to travel for... Long way to travel very unfair. <laughs> <laughs> not a lot of rubbish, because not a lot of people turned up for the games. But you're talking, you know, a handful of people going, mm. Weymouth, uh, you know, the... It is the Dr. Martins League, but those yeah. guys on the pitch are super. I mean, I watched a couple of games. Um, you know, they, they they play West Ham because yeah. they've got a connection. They play West Ham in, uh, you know, off-season friendlies. Uh, those guys are super fit. They're proper mm. athletes, but they're not even semi-semi-pro. Mm. But they're still getting several hundred pounds a week. So going back to the point, the roundabout way that we have, is that, you know, these guys who play for 30 clubs, when you say, oh, he, pl- he only played for Wigan or he only played for Halifax, earning good money and still yeah. having to turn out and still having to be super fit and well-trained and on, on peak game, no matter if yeah. you're Frank Worthington or Wayne Rooney or ex You're having to player. do your job. Absolutely. So yeah. these are players that have played for some amazing clubs, but also some very obscure clubs, quite interestingly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how, how players move about. But, you know, it, this is another thing that we need to discuss on a, on a future show. Um, is this... this not discrepancy. There's this unfairness that we as as fans have, and I'm I'm mm. guilty of it with Sol Campbell and Tottenham and yeah. Jude. If you're working for I don't know a taxi company, or you're working for a bar as a manager, and and, and a bar down the road offer you a better salary and one more day off and, and a company car, which the other bar doesn't, you're going to move because you have a family to think of. You'd be a fool not to. to and be you'd be fair. a fool not to. It's all about the money. Um, Show me the money. Football is not sentimental. It's the fans believe they own the game, they own the club. They don't. It's owned by a Saudi Arabi- Arabian sheikh. It's owned by a British tele- telecommunications mobile phone entrepreneur. I, I'm slightly dis- not owned by the fans. I, I, I've it's got not. to interject there. I've got to interject there. They're not owners. They're custodians. Well, this is it. It does There's get passed on. The fans stay the same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, going back, by the way, just quickly, because I've just <laughs> just remembered this. Going back to um, footballers moving around. Uh, Karen Brady. Karen Brady. 
The uh, lovely when Karen she was uh, managing director of Birmingham City, she sold her own husband to Stoke for four hundred thousand pounds in nineteen ninety-four. Um, uh, Paul Pesci, uh, you say Pesci Salido. Thank you very much. Who? Yes, it was. Who was the player? Nineteen ninety-four. They actually got married three years later. But yeah, yeah she he, he forgave her. But she, um, sorry, she. Hey, Paul Paul Pesci Salido was the, uh, the 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 player who brought out that save from David Seaman. Absolutely, Sheffield yeah. Sheffield United. Yeah, incredible. So, that, you know, football knows no mercy. It is a business. All right, let's let's uh, let's just move on, Steve, shall we, yeah, to the next yeah. uh, segment? Well, since, since we spoke of Stoke City and Paul Pesky Salido. Yes. Well, let's do... Have a look. Let's have a look at Stoke City. Absolutely, yes. Let's, uh, let's have a, a pot around the potteries, as a it were. Yeah, pot, potter around the potteries. Absolutely. Potted history. Yeah, <laughs> potted history. Very good. <sighs> right. <clears throat> so, Stoke City, very briefly, formed in 1863. Second oldest football club. Second oldest. Not, 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 not scouting. Well, it, it's arguable, because it's Sheffield, Sheffield FC <laughs> could be the first, in which case Stoke would be the third. Right, um, okay. And they were initially called, they were formed in 1863 under the name the Stoke Ramblers. So we, you uh, see, we live here on the Costa del Sol, Steve, you and yeah. I. Um, mainly because, yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm on the run from the, the British police. But um, different name, doesn't matter, nobody will know. Not no true, pack, not true either, yeah. it's just a, a no joke. Pack, no drill. No, 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 no. No, seriously, we live here. And you, you do come across these organisations for, shall we say, people of a, a, an older persuasion. Yes. And the Stoke City Ramblers sounds like some yes. sort of walking football or so, some people who wander up and down the beach looking mm. aimless. <laughs> but yeah, but it was an actual name yeah. of a football mm. club. Yeah. Here, Fred, will you go and plant those potatoes just <laughs> yeah. over there on the left-hand side? Yeah, it does, yeah. It could be like yeah. uh, the, the Ipswich <laughs> tractor drivers. Uh, that, that Actually, that was a terrible stereotypical thing to do, and I do apologise. No, you don't. You're laughing. I don't. Actually, nobody, <laughs> nobody from Ipswich is going to be listening. They haven't got the internet yet. Move on. <laughs> right, moving on. <coughs> so, <laughs> sorry. Um, formed in 1863, Stoke Ramblers, dodgy, dodgy 60s pop group. Um <laughs> the first documented match was in 1868 against an EW May 15 at Victoria Cricket Club at ground. And Henry Armand, the club's founder, who was also their captain, scored the first ever goal. Um, in 1878, the Stoke Ramblers merged with... Um, word, mer put my teeth in, merged with Stoke Victoria Cricket Club and became Stoke FC. They moved from their previous ground to the athletic ground, which became known as the Victoria Ground. All right. So, moving on. But this, I mean, this is, this is Stoke that we all know, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, uh, so many times up and down in the Premier yeah. League and relegated and up and yeah, down. Yeah, I mean, the, the, Beautiful, I mean, the supporters the are very, very... Yeah, great support. Very, very vociferous supporters. They were one of the 12 founding members of the Football League. And as I said earlier on, uh, second oldest football club in the world, technically, behind Notts County, if you discount Sheffield FC, which I'm a little bit loath to do. Um, 1930 saw, um, well, it was actually 1932, saw Stanley Matthews' debut, believe it or not, at the age of 17. 
Well, <laughs> I mean, mm. young debut as well. Even even today, it's celebrated when players debut at that young. Oh, you yeah, know. exactly. Yeah, but it doesn't stop there. I, 1937, they re- achieved their record league crowd, 51,373, against none other than the mighty Arsenal. It would have been Spurs, but they didn't have the fan base. Um, so, following the resumption of the FA Cup after World War Two. There was um, a major tragedy occurred involving Stoke. Uh, sadly, 33 fans died and yeah. 520 were injured during a sixth round tie away against Bolton Wanderers. This became known as the Burnden Park disaster. Wow. So yeah, d- d- well remembered as well, by the way, Steve. Yeah, yeah it's I mean, it's important. D- d- it's d- important d- people remember these things. One of, one of the grimmer sides of football in history, unfortunately. Yes. But um, So, moving forward in time. Tony Waddington was appointed their club's manager in 1960. He re-signed Stanley Matthews after Matthews left to go to Blackpool in 1946, that was. Wow. So Matthews was 46 years old by the time he came back to Stoke and helped guide them to a mid-table finish. Um, They reached the 64 League Cup final, which they lost 4-3 to Leicester over two legs. In 1967, Gordon Banks was signed by Stoke. Oh, yeah, no, that, the most famous player for Stoke, probably. Apart from Peter Crouch. At the time, the world's <laughs> gra- yeah, the world's not at the same time. The world's greatest goalkeeper. In 72, they won the League Cup final against Chelsea. Uh, they won 2-1. George Eastham and T- Terry Conroy were the goal scorers. Um, in 1976, <laughs> amazingly, the roof of the Butler Street stand was blown off. And because of the cost of the repair bill, which was a quarter of a million pounds back then, it left Stoke in serious financial trouble. They had to sell Alan Hudson, Mike Pedgick, and Jimmy Green off. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, at uh, 97, they moved to the uh, to the Britannia. And the club's highest league finish was fourth, which was achieved in 35-36 and 46-47. Thank you, Steve. A potted history of the potters there. Very potted. In the potteries. Stoke City. Um, listen, uh, just going to say a big thank you to our sponsors. Before that, a uh, little bit of a fun fact for you. Uh, Denmark, you may remember, won the 1992 European Championship. They were dazzling in that. They were very, very good. They were the best team. They deserved to win it. But actually, they didn't qualify. They didn't qualify for the 1992. They lost out to Yugoslavia. Uh, but Yugoslavia were disqualified due to political problems and the Danish team was announced um, as a replacement just 10 days before the start of the tournament and they were rushed in and then went on to win it. Uh, so well done to Denmark, that's brilliant. Uh, we'd like to say a big thank you to uh, Stuart Hill Wines, uh, exclusive wines who provide uh, the possibility for distributors to join their club, their forum, uh, to have access to exclusive wines, wonderful cheeses, um, organic teas, uh, and uh, cigars and whiskies. We'd also like to say a big thank you uh, to our bar in the El Zocco Centre, Cala Honda. You're listening to Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. In the blue corner, we've got Mr. Carl supporting Tottenham. In the red corner, we've got Mr. Kenner's supporting Arsenal. Together, they will be discussing all of your football views, all of your football news. So join us here on Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. Our bar in the middle of our streets. 
Come and try our food out, cause it always tastes great. All the sports are shown in here. We've got a plasma street and we've got ice cold beer. Our bar in the middle of our streets. Our bar. Calahondas where you meet. Our bar. El Soco is a place to be. Our bar. We're so kind and we're so friendly. With great food and good value. Make our bar your bar. It would be madness not to. Find us on Facebook at our bar. Yes, indeed. A big thank you to our bar, Neil Zocco, Centre Cal Honda, and a big thank you, uh, thank you to Stuart Hill Exclusive Wines, stuarthilluk.com. This is Carl and Kenners um, hitting the bar from football, from Monocle's Two Man Buns, with me, Chris Carl, uh, a Tottenham fan, and Steve Kenton. Uh, the Kenners in the Carl and Kenners, an <laughs> Arsenal fan. Indeed. Um, we've got about 10 minutes left, Steve, if mm. that. We've got a lot to get through, but we can continue in episode six, but a lot of exciting stuff coming up now. Mm. Uh, footballers, of course, apart from, you know, the odd few who are known for their, you know, writing of poetry or their degrees, generally, sports people in general, not known for their brain power, their intellect or their IQs, but some known for getting into a lot of trouble, uh, yeah. drugs, drink, drink driving, gambling, unfortunately, uh, some terrible addictions. But there have been some footballers uh, jailed for some very silly reasons and some very good reasons. And you've got a couple of examples for us. I have indeed. So this is probably our Where Are They Now segment. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where or are they now? Whereabouts at Her Majesty's <laughs> Pleasure are they now? Because <laughs> we, we do like a jailed footballer every now and again. Well, yep, lock them up. So, <clears throat> Rene Higuita. Now, we all remember Rene, or some of us remember Rene Higuita for his scorpion kick, England versus Colombia. Fantastic. I mean, you know. <laughs> but what was the point of that? Uh, showing off. He could have broke his back. He could have. Well, he did that a few times. I don't, wasn't the only time he did it. Um, and why did he do it? Well, you know, he's an athlete, I suppose. Well, I suppose it gets him in the limelight and possibly a move to a European club. Well, possibly. But then what, what club is going to take somebody that takes that kind of... That was a friendly, though, wasn't it? That was a friendly, yeah. Yeah, it didn't matter then if the goal went nah, in. Yeah, not know. really. The, the acrobatics, yeah, sorry enough. Say, you've got to be honest. You know, it's more Torval and Dean than mm. international proper yeah. competitive skating. I tried to do that. Me. I ripped my spleen. I tore my groin. <laughs> broke a toenail as well. I wasn't happy yeah, about yeah. that. I can tell you, the toenail hurt. Um, yeah. Steve's back garden is always an interesting uh, <laughs> something <laughs> yeah. going on on a Sunday. What? Who's buried underneath it? You mean? Shush. Now oh, right, move okay. on. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> so, <coughs> taxi Red drivers, eh? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Rene Higuita. But yeah, well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Getting back to that fella. This the, 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 this, this rap scallion. Rene Guita was imprisoned in 1993 after getting involved in a kidnapping, wow. acting as a go-between for the drug barons Pablo Escobar no, and Carlos he Molina. For Escobar. Yes, that's a dangerous thing. You're an international footballer. Of, I mean, you've got yourself on YouTube before YouTube even existed. You're an international star. People around the world love you just for that one scorpion kick against England. You're going to make a fortune no matter what. Surely, and even in your home country, no matter. If we consider that a second or third world country, why would you do that? Get involved with Escobar, goodness. Bear in mind, the last Colombian named es Escobar was Andreas Escobar, who got shot dead. Yeah, but whilst I mean, playing for Colum or after playing for Colombia, when he put the ball through the back of his own net. Absolutely, you know, you've got if you 
you're a footballer in, in I mean we don't want to make generalizations you know because it's mm. a very dangerous path to go down um but it's also a dangerous path to go down is working for drug lords, whether oh. it be in Manchester, uh, you know, Bethnal Green or Kensington or somewhere in, in South America. It doesn't mm. matter. You're an international footballer of some renown. Why are you going to do that? It's oh, desperation. Don't. I mean, th th this And he got put in jail. He got caught. This like, have this you seen this man? Yes, several times. <laughs> several yeah, times. About, about 84 stadium. times yeah. playing for Colombia. Yeah. Um, he he was largely responsible for securing the release of of Carlos Molina's daughter by delivering the ransom money. He received sixty four thousand dollars for his services, which breaks Colombian law because it's an offence to profit from a kidnapping. No surprise there, really. Oh yeah, what a surprise! Yeah, he yeah. was banged up for seven months before being released without charge. Strangely enough, so wait a minute, he did seven months in pokey. Yeah. As they used to say. And wasn't charged. Yeah. And then was charged afterwards. Oh, not guilty. Well, no, exactly. He and took uh, 64 grand for it, though, didn't he? Well, he, he did Was he indeed. helping the family or was he actually working for the I drug lords? I think he was helping himself, actually. actually. Helping himself, yeah. But but yeah. the irony is... He <laughs> See, that's the thing about a keeper, you know, he wants to get his hands on everything. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he's he, 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 he done bird, doesn't he? Well, yeah, you know. he did, but the... the the, the final parting comment that he made was, I'm a footballer. I don't know anything about kidnapping laws. <laughs> mm. <laughs> sure you don't, Renee. No, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't say, I'm sorry, I'm an athlete. I didn't know murder was against no, the law. No, 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 no. I didn't know stoving his head in was a, with a shovel yeah. was against the law. You know. I thought it was a misdemeanour. I play for Halifax. I'm a footballer. <laughs> yeah. How did I know Brexit was a stupid idea? How you know? Come on, you can't yeah. use that as, a, as an excuse every time. I see. I'm, what I'm you an did athlete. Yeah, yeah you see what I did. Very <laughs> subtle bit of sort of yeah. But seriously, you can't yeah. use the fact that you're an athlete every time or a, or a football or whatever mm. as an excuse. You know, ignorance is not. Um, Whatever it is under the law, it's is not it? I'm ignorant of the, technically. The, you know. Well, it's no defence in law, is it's it? No defence, you know. And, and uh, although sixty-four thousand dollars for seven months in pokey, mm. mm. yeah, I'm thinking it's still yeah, not 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 a great. great let's return, not let's is not it? consider that, Steve. Now, no, 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 it's not a great return. Right, who's uh, next then on our Mark list of uh, our, our our list of um, dodgy do, footballers? Do you remember Mark Ward? Never heard of the fella. Don't know him. Wouldn't recognise him in, in the lineup. Played for West Ham, Manchester Just City, Everton, Birmingham. He, he got an eight-year sentence and served four years at Her Majesty's Pleasure. Four years? Yeah, wow. possession of drugs with intent to supply. What kind of drugs are we talking here? I mean, well, it, I don't it think it was paracetamol somehow. No, but I mean, <laughs> quite, obviously quite, <laughs> quite serious ones, though. I mean, eight-year sentence. I, I, I would that's suggest quite, it's class A narcotics. If he got eight years... That's a serious charge. Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's a proper, proper full-on charge, that. He's, um, yeah. Mm. Um... I've got a couple more, actually. Go ahead. Let's let's. Gavin Grant. Well, it was like a footballer yeah, banged up. Cause, I'm know. saving the best one till last, though. All right. Gavin Grant, Bradford City. He got life for murder Ouch. in 2004. Right. No, but was cleared of a 2005 murder, so that's all right. Right. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, that, there's not many jokes we can make about that, really. No, I guess, no. Really. You know. um, may he rot in peace. Uh, sorry, yeah, may yeah. he serve out his Roast sentence. in peace? No? Yes. No, yeah. Serve his sentence out yeah. at Her Majesty's pleasure for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, that's terrible. Uh, how does a footballer go on from being a, you know, an athlete and a sportsman, as, as I said, earning thousands of... doesn't yeah. matter if it was in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 
or current day, earning well, more than your average Mar- Marlon uh, King worker. was another one. He's got multiple charges. Yeah, how do you go from earning thousands to that? <laughs> it's something that we'll discuss this on yeah, a further uh, show. Uh, apparently, the murder was committed before he became a footballer. Before, oh, he so it's before he had the money. Before, yeah. So, so what? He only got got caught. He got caught after he signed professional terms. Wow. By okay. the sound of it, that's um, the different circumstances then. Right. Uh, and right, uh, here's, a, here's a rather good one. Do you remember Peter Story at Arsenal? Peter Story, tell me the story because, of course, he's very famous. Fantastic player. Big, big player. Yeah. You know, as, as, as children, we probably had him as those little cards, didn't we? You know, the I've still got not him. Panini or little cards in my Panini sticker album somewhere. You, that I've you sad man. Um, but however, <laughs> however uh, we, but we he was he was he, he was a famous famous footballer. Yeah. Of you know the seventies, eighties, whatever it was. Well, you know, big, big, big player mm, in many was. ways. Now. He served a total, a cumulative total of six years inside. Wow. For the following offences. Running a brothel. (laughs) Smuggling pornography with intent to supply. Oh, my God. Counterfeiting. Car theft. And disorderly behaviour. I mean, you know, that is just... I mean, we can make lots of jokes about that, and we will. But that's actually quite shocking. Well, yeah, but Uh, now... Peter's story, a little bit... Bit dodgy, maybe. You yeah. know, he's like, he's like the Arthur Daly of, you know, that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, smuggling pornography with intent to supply. Now, uh, you look at internet. You, yeah. you know, yeah, but um, different, I guess. In those yeah, days. In, not that in, long ago. You know, nowadays he'd be probably be starring in it. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to see Peter Story. Never mind. No, no, I don't want to see Peter yeah. Story, David Beckham, or anybody else, especially Stephen Gerrard. Not Stephen <laughs> Gerrard uh, in anything. Or, um, or, or Ashley Cole with a vibrating phone. Absolutely, but no, no, um, no, I do believe that. that Ryan Giggs is brother. Never mind, no, moving on. No, no, no um, you can't however, go down that road without being sued. Allegedly. Um, uh, uh, the point is, yeah. Peter's story there, that's yeah. a rocky road. That's a bad thing to get involved in all those things. Yeah, back then it was. I mean, you know. It, it, you know uh, <laughs> this is a guy who really fell from grace. You know, that, he, that's a real fall from grace. That's a terrible story mm. about Peter's story. But all jokes aside, you know, intent to supply pornography. And then the whole everything mm. else, he was a, he was on those football stickers. He was a huge. He was a huge. They star. weren't earning big money in those days, but no. there's no sort of. How do you get from that that to that? You know, Poverty. So that's Poverty. a really sad sad state. You of know, they, they weren't well paid, but that's no excuse for doing what he did. But then you know we 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 don't know the circumstances behind no, it. No, no, not at all. No, it's not for us to judge. It's for us to mock. Um, so there we are. Uh, that's. As far as we can go for today's episode, unfortunately, uh, you wouldn't believe we've just about run out of time. Uh, Steve, very, very quickly. Very quickly, we'll do the start of the Newcastle Sunderland 11. First five players, Tim Kroll, John Anderson at right back, Michael Gray at left back, Barry Venison and Steve Howie in the middle. We will discuss this further in the next episode because we have pretty much run out of time. We have, unfortunately, because, you know, it's Steve. He just goes on too long. Uh, because he's f- he just knows too much. That's the thing. Carl uh, and Kenneth sitting in the bar. Football from Monocles to Man Buns. Uh, thank you, Steve. What a great episode. We do want to concentrate on that combined eleven, yeah. combined sixteen next time. Absolutely. Give us your comments. Give us your give us your opinions. Um, it's been a wonderful episode once again. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Chris. And uh, we shall see you on episode for the Seven. next one. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Thank you and goodbye. 
You've been listening to Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. Join us again next week for more of their twisted football news, all of their weird football views. You can find them here every week on Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. We'll see you again shortly. Thank you.